With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is supported by SafeBand. SafeBand is the indigo silicon wristband that lets people know that you or a member of your family has been vaccinated to protect them from COVID-19. And with every SafeBand that's ordered by you or people like you, we donate one to a frontline key worker or vulnerable member of the community. Slowly, life will return to how it once was. Until then, we're determined to get things back to normal for those who've taken the first step. Find out more by clicking the link in the description or visiting safeband.me. Welcome to the Manchester United Redcast. It's me, Chris Curley, bringing you all the United news so you don't have to get it yourself. And joining me uh, this week, as always, is the Dell Boy and Rodney of Podcast Punditry, Mr. Dan Riley and Mr. Ben Paul. Gentlemen, hello. Hello. I'm not going to ask who's who. Yeah, I'm not asking either. Well, in that, just, just know that I'm basically Uncle Albert in that scenario. <laughs> <laughs> it's been, um, you know what? Last week when we talked, it was um, we were Boyd. And I don't know about you. But it was a bit of an odd week last week. It felt like the whole world was going crazy and going mad in very different many ways. And we had AC Milan to look forward to on Thursday night and history repeated itself. And then we had the awkwardness of a Sunday night fixture against West Ham. Uh, Ben, what's your take on this week um, at Old Trafford on the pitch? Oh, man. Do you know what? I used to love last-minute goals because it used to be us scoring them. But... It shatters you when it when it's when it comes against you. It shatters you. I felt terrible for Hendo because De Gea would have would have saved that because he's a shop stopper. But you know, it was a blip on an otherwise blemishless um, set of performances from Hendo. That was a it was a kick in the bollocks. The AC Milan one, but we didn't deserve more. We were flat. Um, and a headline for the West Ham game. Jesus, I thought you know credit to United. Because the negativity from West Ham for a team that are renowned for an attacking flair was disgraceful. Not happy with that one, but delighted. Ben, ben was a, Ben was a bit miserable last week. What was your take on it? Um, 
I, I think we'd mentioned. I mean, I know it's uh, um, it's a, it's a common refrain currently with the with the amount we've been playing, but it the games are, and it's not just us. A lot of the games are sort of smacking of general tiredness that the that you know players playing a lot in a shortest period of time. Milan sort of kind of started the game, looked a lot fresher. I don't know whether they've kind of played fewer games because of the you know the 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 fixture list out there might not have been as uh, as congested as ours but they looked I mean they looked fresh they looked good I thought I I kind of I kind of enjoyed the game I do enjoy these Europa games it's good to see um it's good to see what these teams are like you know these teams that were once you know big names are a lot of sort of kind of rebuilding themselves a little bit I think it's really interesting when you when you see these teams Milan was like missing six players, so were we. But I think mm. that probably lulled us into a bit of a false sense of security. I was really impressed with with Milan. I thought they played the better football. They yeah. were sharper. They were quicker. Frank Kessie in the first hour kind of dominated the midfield. And United were lackluster and had to make that change at half-time when we saw Ahmad um, grace the Old Trafford pitch. And within four minutes... He'd flip the back of his head and scored a bit of a wonder goal. An, an unusual goal. I don't think you, you don't see goals like that um, very often. It was a it was a real sort of like unique one. Who was it? Was it the scored that flicking back header? Was it Ollie? No, Eco away at Stoke City in his um, in back header. From kind of from across, bit of a wider out cross, and it was about six yards out. So it wasn't coming at him. It was coming across, and he kind of adjusted and flicked. I'm doing the movement now, podcast viewers, which we can't see because you can't, won't, but I'm sure. doing it back. Your Keir Starmer flick is... Was, was, that, was that in Mikada's, uh three-game three game amazing run that he had? It, I think, I'm not sure if it was... Did he, did he get one at Borough as well? Did he get one at Borough? I've kind of got a... Villa. 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 Flick. I mean, Phil Jones has obviously done that a lot, but in his own net. <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, it was what I loved about that goal particularly was Ahmed looked to get in behind straight away, made the, in, the out-to-in run, which we see rarely from, I think, Rashford and, and Martial, or certainly not enough, him and Greenwood. And then Bruno found him perfectly. And it was going to be a perfect 1-0... I think a 1-0 first leg at home scoreline is great to take away with you. I think 1-1 is the worst result possible, frankly. We've always struggled when we've had a 1-1. By and large, there are exceptions to that rule. And, you know, there was, again, it was game management in the last 10 minutes, dropping too deep. It just felt like it was coming psychologically. You know, Everton is clearly still in their minds and other games like that where we've conceded goals. And, you know, someone just needed to come out from that corner and go, right, I don't care what's happening. Who I'm marking, I'm going to head this ball. Whether it was Baye, whether it was Maguire, that's what should have happened. And Henderson, if you look at Henderson's clip, he actually takes a little look off the ball, looks away, and he for that split second, he's kind of he's kind of lost it, and he's then panicking, and he really probably should have saved it. And of course, the following morning, who's back in Manchester, David de Gea, and pretty much he left Spain that night. I reckon got a private jet, right? And gone. I'm back. I'm going back now. Yeah. Do you think it was good? To see... Sorry, Ben. Go ahead. No, no. I was just saying that 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 man, the game management you're talking about in the last ten minutes it has let us down recently, and that's why I guess um, Solskjaer didn't make any substitutions in the game yesterday. And it was good to see us see out a game because it's a narrow. It was a narrow lead, and it was good to see us just just see out that game for the last ten minutes and go home with a 1-0 victory. 
Well, what was your take on last night, Dan, against West Ham? Well, it, it was it was a grind. I mean, it was it was. I mean, Moyes. I, I kind of I I know what Ben's saying about it being being dull. I I think they'd I think they'd done their homework on us, and that is if you sit back against us, then you know we we will probably struggle to um, to break teams down. Um, I think it was uh, it was nice to score from a set piece, obviously, and it was interesting that Bruno took over the corner taking responsibilities from Shaw. Not that Shaw's had been poor. But um, and I think they had a little joke about that afterwards. I think you could see that in the celebrations that Bruno came on and first corner he took, we uh, we profited from it. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's one of those ones you just got to put it down to a painful ninety minutes of watching, and you just I mean, you're glad most, you've got the win. The most fun we had was probably on the WhatsApp group with our Declan <laughs> Rice ones. Yeah, uh, Dana, you missed out on that. Obviously, you were being probably dutiful Mother's Day uh, scenarios, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I just that. couldn't. I just couldn't find anything funny for Pilau. Uh, that was my. Uh, I, I, I had sort of had had some pillow talk, Pilau talk idea, ruminating. Ben, ben started off by saying, "I think your man Rice is fluff, fluffing his audition." AP Aaron Paul came in, say, "Oh, gone off the boil, run out of steam." And that was kind of like the catalogue for an avalanche of such things through the rest of the first half. <laughs> yes, he's had a sticky time of it. He's playing against the grain. He looks fried already. That's my favourite one. Um, Greenwood's making him look like a pudding. Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, Ben Paul, I mean, I've known you religiously for years being the pun meister, but not much room in this game. It'll be won by a set piece. Uh, I mean... That that should be a, illegal, and that, well, that's, I think that's on the new police board that Patel. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I live on a diet of rice and peas, but I was predicting that the only breakthrough in this game was would be through a set piece. And was I right? I thank you. I think I think I was I was slightly surprised because you at West Ham's approach, um, kind of as the game as the game went on. I mean, they came out of their shells a bit, you know, a bit more once they went a goal down. But I think, I think they, it's, it's interesting when teams that have been playing very well um, as they have been um, in a more attacking fashion change when they come up against, you know, one of the, one of the bigger sides. And I think that often that, 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 that playing deep, um, it will just lead to what happened yesterday, which is, you know, sooner or later the the pressure will, will count. And it came from an own goal. We've been, I mean, I thought Greenwood was excellent actually all round. I thought he was, he was really, he was really lively yesterday. The more the game went on, the the better Greenwood got. I felt in many ways, I thought his work outside the box was fantastic. And he brought people in, he held the ball up, something we've criticised Martial for a lot. Uh, Greenwood and he was very well last night. He was taking up good positions. There was one I, th- I remember. In the, I think in the in the, in the uh, might have been early in the second half where he took up a good position in the box and Rashford sort of went cut inside and tried to shoot instead of passing to him. Um, which, bearing in mind, he put one on a plate for Marcus in the first half with that typical bit of what they say, don't they? They say the, the best people at, at providing the crosses or final passes for strikers are strikers because they know exactly where they want it. And that was a, I mean, that really was a, 
it was a it was a Marcus's reaction said it all on that one. I think I think Neville called it right. I think he he tried to put too much on it when all he needed really was just to to make. I, a actually, I actually called it right fractionally before Gary Neville did <laughs> to my dad, and then Gary Neville said it, and my dad's like, "Well, you should be there." I go, "Yes, I should." You're absolutely <laughs> right, father. I, I think mean, what we're, sorry, I, I think what we're highlighting here is that. I don't think there are enough people attacking that space in front of the goal. Um, James, criti- heavily criticised all the time, especially on Twitter. He was putting balls. He was beating his man. He was. He was. He had the industry there. I, you know, I think he's improved a lot. And he was putting balls in where nobody was. And you can say, yeah, that's. You can be critical of him and say you, there's no point passing to, to nobody. But that, I don't think there was enough people attacking that space. Um, it's true, because yeah, but that's a, a criticism we've given, and Ollie's criticised Rashford, Martial, Greenwood before going. You don't attack the six-yard box, so I think one of the reasons Cavani is probably a bit frustrated is that um, he is attacking the six-yard box, and the balls are not coming in. And you know, it's like what one works for another, and not work for the other. I mean, Dan James put on a couple of great balls, as you said, Ben, and no one's getting into that six-yard box to for for a tapping really. And that is part of the problem. We'll come on to the number nine in the second half of, of this week's podcast. I mean, we were out six, with about six players. For me, last night, it was it was a case of getting the job done, getting three points. I think that really does assure us of top four place now. I think we'll, be, we'll have to drop off a cliff to not get top four. You look at the chasing people, um, West Ham being one of them, Everton lost, uh, Chelsea drew, uh, Tottenham got beat. You know, those teams competing and looking for a top four place and to challenge Chelsea had a terrible weekend. So in my book, that's kind of like one thing done. And we turn to, you know, what is a pivotal week um, coming up in the season uh, for United when the chase for silverware is really on a precipice. We'll discuss that in the second half um, after these commercial messages. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Welcome back to the Manchester United Redcast with me, Chris Curley, and here for the second half, looking ahead to the future this week, it's Dan Riley and Ben Paul. Dan and Ben, there was um, we've discussed what happened on the pitch last week, but there were a few big moves off the pitch. Um, United and finally announced they had a new director of football with John Murtagh and a promoted Darren Fletcher to technical director, two internal appointments which have long been called for. Good move, bad mood, does it really matter? Well, I don't know if there's any move at all. You know, they've got fancy titles and all that. We were trying to work out if one of them is actually the director of football or if the football director, if Johnny Murtagh is the football director or director of football. Um, 
I don't know if any of them will get any more um, control over matters than they had before, any more power. Um, but don't you know John Murtagh anyway, Chris? Didn't he? Well, you were at school with him. I, I, you know, so yes, I was at school with John Murtagh, um, and his brother Richard more so was in my year. John's a few years older than me, and uh, we come from you know an inner city, you know. Uh, comprehensive school in Gorton. So from that point of view, I'm gone, a fair play, fella, because from that school to get to that position, you've worked hard. And um, my memory of John Murta was um, on the cross-country runs, which I hated. I could just about beat the asthma kids and those kids faking the asthma. And uh, John was athletic and strong, a couple of years older, and actually came back down the final Cinderpath track to me because I was struggling. And ran with me all the way, encouraging me, shouting me to pick up my knees. Now, I've always remembered that story, which is weird because I've not really had any other contact with him. But that has always stayed with me. So, you know, in his in his core, he must be a good lad. He's, he's a good lad. And I know he's a massive red. He's a massive red, which is like, it's just, in that regard, it's like having one of us in there, which is like a dream, right? Being part of it. His brother was a blue nose. Um, and his, his brother used to, you know, frankly, um, shall we say the word bully would probably be accurate. <laughs> and I'm quite happy to say that um, as we were rival left backs on the school team. And I think the teacher was so, um, uh, so concerned about dropping me about how I'd react. He made me assistant manager on the school team. <laughs> so I think all that, you know, when you look back at your life, you know, all these things happened very early on and, and stayed with you. Um, so, yes, I do know him. I, you know, I don't think we should get too excited about it in terms of a structural thing. This morning, Dan, I read that um, Ollie's been told he's got 80 million budget. And. Um, well, that's not much, is it? And, and Harland, they've all agreed Harland is the number one choice this summer. <laughs> well, they're going to need about another 50 then, aren't they? <laughs> they won't get. Um, yeah, I, um, I I guess they're kind of you know this is the this is yet again the I think sometimes the the United hierarchy sort of seem to see the transfer dealings in their own sort of mini reality as opposed to what the the real um, situation is and obviously for what we need I mean eighty million just is it, it's not really enough is it I mean. Um, I'm, I'm quite. One, sure. It might get you one top player. Might get yeah. you. I, I mean, that, I I guess that they are, they are living in that that unreality of oh well, COVID has affected prices and we'll get everyone cheaper now, which just doesn't work. It doesn't work. Um, well, it especially doesn't make sense, does it? When again, last week it's announced that Avi Glazer selling his shares for a hundred million, which he's just going to take out as a cash point. And it just, without losing really any of their share voting rights. So, you know, I think that Trino's like idiots again. They'll leak all these stories about Haaland. Yes, we want Haaland. But really, we shouldn't fall for it, should we, Ben? Well, it's disappointing when that kind of figure is banded around. But as we talked about last week, you know, there are, if you're looking optimistically, there are a few swaps. There's, there's, there's money in Dem Hills because some players simply just not cutting it and might command the price. Um, there was talk of uh, Paris Saint-Germain being interested in Pogba again. Always a story. 
I personally don't want to see Pogba go. I think he's had a brilliant season and uh, shows his, his, you know, we've missed him. But if the worst came to worst, I think Haaland's, I, I think, I, I, I love Haaland. I, I think he's gone to City. That's a different story. But Mbappe is a generational talent as well. And if PSG really want De Gea and if they really want Pogba and those two players want to leave... That's a straight swap from Mbappe. Well, well um, first of all, happy birthday to Paul Pogba. It's his birthday today. He's 28. 28. There you go. That's 10 million off his, off his transfer price already. Well, which is a key time, isn't it? I mean, 28 is like, okay, it's arguably you know your last big contract age in that you're going to sign for the next four or five years. You'll be 32, 33. Yeah. You know, I think Pogba's the transfer ball game this year. If he stays... Better chance of getting Haaland, even though I think there's a very chance, slim chance of getting Haaland because of the Mariola connection. If he goes, well, how much do you get for him? What are we going to do with that money? Is that does Ollie get all of that money to spend on top of the eighty? I, I guess, I guess the uh, the the thing about Pogba is, and, and like, like you say, Ben, I, I I don't necessarily want him to go. However. I would caveat that with if if the eighty million is is aside from what may come from transfers, then I think you'd have to probably have a good hard think about whether or not Pogba is sold. Uh, Van der Beek takes his position in the team, and we spend the money from Pogba on a on a striker, be that Haaland or be that possibly Calvert Lewin. We've discussed in the past. You know, and maybe then there's a bit of change for another player because it may be that that you know, although Pogba has been been very good this season, he has been out for a, for a large amount of the season, and we do have Van der Beek. So you you have to ask whether or not if Pogba is the only way of generating enough money because we do need more than one player. We know that everyone knows that. So if he's the sacrifice in order to get those funds in then I think we have to have a serious think about that because he is, if you think about it, him to Paris seems to be really the only transfer that would get a lot of money. And as you say, Chris, at 28, it's probably now or never in terms of getting a big fee for him. I don't want him to go, but I do think that if if they're saying 80 mil is all they've got, they're going to have to... My, think, my worry would be they sell him and keep the <laughs> keep the money anyway. And only I mean, like, set, keep, keep him... <clears throat> You've got to improve his contract, 350k a week. Haaland will want the same because Rayola's his same agent. I think that's the only way of getting Haaland is if Pogba stays, he gets a new contract, and Rayola goes to Haaland, listen, Paul's staying, you and him are going to be kings, they're going to make a move for it, we're going to do this for three years, then we'll go to Real Madrid, right? And then we might get our money back on Haaland. That, that is a scenario. The yeah. other things that are scenarios about the future of De Gea, Lingard, Martial, Dallo, um, Daniel James, even who the players that you can build up that pot of 80 million plus to get somewhere near 150, 170 million to make all the three signings we need this year. Three, three probably. So I think it's, it's a, it's an interesting game we all playing and a pub discussion that can just, dis, we can all discuss. But Ben, based on the last few summers and the Glazers' behavior, are you expecting it to be that busy as we're all talking about? Because I'm not. Do you know what? There's, there's the, the feel from the club, and the, we, we talked about it earlier. 
that with the newest the new appointments, there seems to be a much more directness about the the, the press releases and, and and the interface with the public. And I think this is the time for for action. I feel like they, the, there is a the, the step up has been made with the, with the, with you know Johnny Murtar and 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 Darren Fletcher. But it's, it's about what value there is out there. And I've been casting my eye again, you know, this week. And I think there's a lot of talk of Pau Torres, which we've talked about last season as well. He has got a release, clause, a release clause of about 40 million. He's a left footer, six foot four. He's dead young. I think he's 23, 24. He's the kind of player that we can bring in relatively cheaply and fund that with, with sales. So that's the, well, that's the, real, that's the classy centre-half. Um, I think having seen Dallas play midweek, I don't see why we need to spend big money on on a backup to 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 Wan Bissaka when Dallas could be the backup for you know for the right. Actually, Dallas, Ollie's made his position clear on Dallas. He just doesn't rate him. He just doesn't rate him. He's had opportunities. He does look for me weak physically, defensively, and offensively. I think he was okay on Thursday. For me, he wasn't pulling up any trees. Um, I, I don't know. And Italian football is much slower and slower paced than English football. I'm, I'm not convinced. You know, if you get 15 if you get your money back for Dallo, I'd take it now. Is, 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 I mean, in terms of our priorities and, and I mean, where, where, where this money gets spent, <clears throat> is not, <clears throat> Juan Basaka strikes me as the sort of player who does not miss a lot of games. He's, 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 He's not injured a lot. So I I just for me it's like just have Williams as the as the as the um backup. the backup. Why why spend money well, I think about, on, like, on a position that you're you're never gonna really Wambasaka's gonna be a mainstay. So I Why can't Tu and Zebe cover games there? Yeah, Williams I, cover games there. Ethan it, 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 we discussed this when, when we discussed the England squad, Chris. The, a few weeks back, you know, about that kind of having players that can fit, that can cover a number of positions. That for me is how your modern squad has to work, especially when you want to spend on big. Well, I think we should players. be able to bring through our own right backs, you know, within the club. Um, I think we should we should be doing that. But that's one of the lists of targets is apparently a right back. I, mean, I know. It's a waste of money. We agree there's a waste of money when we've got the people at the club, which means that whole pot plus cent, plus sales should go on a centre-forward. We've got coverage in all those positions. If we can pick up a, a, a great centre-half, left 40 centre-half for 40-odd million, which we can cover for sales, the rest of the money should go to a centre-half. A world my, my second, well, my second in terms of priority list, after a centre forward, my second choice is a central midfield player. Because one of the things we've struggled with, and when we have a lot of the ball, especially if Pogba's not playing, is someone who can pass the ball quickly through the midfield. Fred and McTominay can't do it consistently enough, or, or with the ability enough. That's when Bruno's going to get annoyed, when the ball's not coming to him quick enough. Is, I, I is that not Donny, Chris? Is that not who? Is that not Donny? I, I, I just keep... I don't know, maybe, but like, yeah. he's, not, he's not fancying him, Dan, is he? In that, I just, in that, in I, I, it slightly baffles me the, the Van der Beek thing. Uh, I feel like it's not a sign in that Ollie signed off. That's why I, I think this is what I said. I said this on the uh, on the on, a, on the WhatsApp group earlier on that it just feels like he he, he was bored out of his head. Well, if you play a three in midfield, right? We play a two and a one, so we play two sitters and a one. If you played one sitter with two, Donny makes sense, right? Mm. As one of those right or left footed. 
two ahead of the one. That if you can visualize that. But we don't play that way. And if the other person's going to be Bruno in that two one, is that a little bit lightweight? Maybe Ollie might think that. So that is a curious. The whole Donny Van der Beek thing is very very curious. We they might look for value elsewhere and try and bring people on. I mean. I think what a lot of clubs have realised, um, particularly the success of Eze at Crystal Palace, Ollie Watkins at um, Aston Villa, is the championship can provide... Uh, Madison came from the championship. You know, obviously Vardy did before, but there's some value in the, in the, in the championship. And it might be that I think Premier League clubs will look there this summer, but United might look there. Darren Fletcher is apparently very keen on the 19-year-old Stoke centre-back, Nathan Collins. And there might be room for, for signings looking at the championship. As, um, was Fletcher, did Fletcher have experience of playing alongside him? I think he was there when he's in the youth yeah, team. Yeah, like with, you know, saw him around the training ground. Saw yeah, him that kid's going to be good. Well, this is, I think that's, that's just, we, we didn't really talk about Fletcher much, but I think that's part of obviously Fletcher's role, I think is his knowledge of, He's got a good knowledge of the game. He's obviously someone who's got a who's a bit of a networker, knows what's going on at the academies around the around the country. And hopefully that's what he's going to be able to bring is that bit of where whereas Ollie's sole uh you know job is to concentrate on first team affairs. Darren can look, take a bit of a wider look at, at, at recruitment because we just haven't had anyone who's who's been responsible for recruitment, really, who knows football. Yeah, I think that's, you know, Dan James was a signing from Swansea that was like, okay, 15 million quid, That's let's give it a go. He's done okay. They're, they've been reluctant to release him, whether he's got the actual quality we need, but I think Dan James can do 20 games a season for us and do, do a good job in that regard. Question of whether that's the standard we should be aimed for is another matter. I mean, value and transfers we're going to be talking about until August the 31st. But I think this week, Ben, is a big week in how confident and who's going to be allowed to make those transfers because it really is um, a week when silverware could come or it could go. Thursday, we're away to AC Milan and it's FA Cup with Leicester away on Sunday. Um, Ollie did say last night after the game that he expects Martial, Cavani, De Gea um, all to be back for Thursday in Milan. And that's got to be a good boost going into that game, right? Yeah, he said, he said Pogba is going to be on the bench as well, um, I would hope so because I think we can't. We got to go there with an attacking flair, and I think it means pairing up McTominay with a ball player. And if that if Donny is fit, I know. <laughs> do you know what? I'd, I'd, I'd start with him at least. Bring him on as a sub. If Pogba's close to fitness, I would have him involved. But you just need someone like that sitting alongside McTominay in the midfield there. What you um, do that in Milan? Would you? Yeah, I would. I want to. I, you've got to go for it. I also think that Rashford looks knackered. He looks injured, and I would even consider putting a fresh Marshall on the left. Um, if Cavani's fit, brilliant. If not, stick Greenwood up front because he looked really sharp. Um, I would have Ahmad on the bench, ready to bring on on the right on the right hand side. I think we need fresh feet. We are looking knackered. It's another big game. And I think you've got to go for it. And I think that would be that would mean, you know, ball players. And it's the kind of players... And one thing we didn't address was how brilliantly City can break down a team that sits deep. Brit City could have broken down 
um, West Ham yesterday. And I think it's because we're lacking the quality of those kind of players that can break down a solid defence. And, you know, Bruno's one of those players and Pogba's one of those players. I don't think we can go there with a, with two holding midfielders and play it cautiously. I think we need the kind of the skillful players that are going to break apart a well-oiled and well-drilled Milan defence. Do you, um, I, th- I think, well, I mean, I, I don't know what's going to, I don't know how he's going to ch- uh, go with the team selection. I think what you might find is that we get two very strong teams because we're going into the international break. So it's a bit like, let's just, let's just go for it because we've got these two games now, then they're going off with the, with their respective teams internationally. So I think we're going to, and, and these are key games, let's not forget, because we, we can't win the league. Well, we, we, we won't win the league, um, but we can win either of these two cups. And for me, slightly more importantly is the FA Cup, because obviously Manchester City are still in with a shout of the quadruple, which came up on... sacrifice Thursday for Sunday? Yeah, definitely. Really? It's interesting. That's tough. I'd, I'd always rather win the FA Cup, Chris, than the... Um, yeah, same. I, I, I would. I mean, I think it's interesting. Inter- Ben's point of going gung ho, I think, oh, that makes me nervous because I think Fred and McTominay's a screener works, especially away from home. San Siro, intimidating place. Also, I think it's going to be a counter attacking game that will suit us. We don't have to win the game uh, in the first 20 minutes. We're just going to make sure we're still in it, really. And notoriously in the San Siro, we've suffered there if we've gone too early, too soon. For me, I would play two screeners in Fred and McTominay and I would just get some freshness and some legs up front. So Cavani would come back in at centre-forward because he would hold the ball up and have two wing, two fast people either side of him to break them to break them down. And then as the game evolves, I'd bring Pogba on if he's fit. Pogba, notoriously, Ben, usually, remember, needs a bit of time to get back his fitness. So starting with him, I think that's a massive risk on Thursday. Uh- I would say if either of them are fit, I would start with them. But I don't know if they are fit. But they definitely have a, a, a big pre- presence on the game. Um, we've scored four goals in the last six games. It's pro- possibly because Cavani's not been up there. But it was also because we're not breaking through. And we don't have the, 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 the players that are gonna, that can break down those well, well-drilled defences. Hey, we've, got, we've, we've got Luke Shaw. We've got Luke Shaw. He's our main attacking threat. I did love that Luke Shaw chant that we found this week. What? Luke Shaw makes you feel like loving you. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? <laughs> I, could, I want to be bounced up and down to that under, under a stand somewhere. I prefer Dan. I like Dan, the one Dan discovered. What was that one, Dan? Oh, they... they... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just that I'd, I'd always wanted um, someone in the UK to sign um, uh, Mario Goetze so that the Chaz and Dave classic Goetze could be uh, could be reworked. But uh, uh, younger listeners, head to YouTube for what is probably one of my favourite um, Cockney sing-along piano, sorry, yeah. Joanna songs uh, going. That well, the, the sideboard song. The... Um, James is Ozidan, Ozidan. I'm a, I'm surprised that never took off. Well, we, me and my mate Lee came up with him about dirt cow, dirt, dirt kite, kite, kite. He's ginger, not shite. 
and that kind of thing. <laughs> tears for fears song. <laughs> was that Tears for Fears? Tears for Fears, yeah. Another another one for the younger listeners. I mean, yeah, young, I mean, younger listeners should really um, do a playlist on Spotify based on all these songs. You'll have a great time, guys. I don't think we have any listeners. I don't want to. <laughs> not younger ones, definitely not younger ones. <laughs> um, AC Milan then on Thursday night. Let's get into predictions. Uh, we need one goal and a clean sheet to go through, or scoring twice. I think it's going to be a tough night because Latan is meant to. He's trying his best to come back. Dan, what what say you on Thursday? I, I it's been a while. It's been a while. It seems since we were involved in a penalty shootout, and I feel <laughs> one, I feel one's coming up. I feel there's one coming up. And do you know what? In in the Europa League, I don't mind them because it doesn't feel as sort of like it doesn't feel as big as the Champions League, where I hate them. I, I, I fancy it. I fancy it. Hendo, Hendo to um, to star in the shootout. Ben and I watched the 2008 Champions League final uh, penalty shootout together, didn't we, Ben? Yeah, we did. What happened? Didn't you? There was an incident involving some nuts. Uh, yeah, the nut, the nut, our nuts went everywhere, <laughs> and and I was still finding nuts months later, <laughs> all over the flat. These big, huge bowl of dry roasted nuts, just all over the uh, rented property in in uh, Islington. You're letting everybody know how we really lived a life, haven't we? Crazy <laughs> life. I tell you what, we know what we know what we're doing. Oof. You didn't come out with the celebrations with me. That was a different kind of night. Afterwards, I didn't get back in till six. But that I can't really broadcast those stories. Um, do you think it's going to be a penalty shootout on Thursday night, Ben? Mm, well, it'd be interesting if it was. No, I yes. I mean, it's got as much chance of that as anything else. I just the way we're playing. I just against these well-drilled defenses. I just see another very slow game. I'd love it. I we... think it'll be similar to City. I think the way that we play and attack. I think it'll be very similar to that. I think. I think like Dan though. I think it might go on a while. I think it could go. It, it might go as far as penalties. But I'll put it this way: I'd be nervous about putting money on us. I w- to go through I think it'd be tough based on how well Milan played last week quite frankly and we didn't I think that's going to be tough I think we've they're a little bit of underestimated them and depending on the mood will obviously of Thursday night will impact Sunday against Leicester City away in the FA Cup on on Sunday Leicester hanging on to their form just about um with the with um despite losing people like Harvey Barnes recently who's been a big attacking threat for them but they won 5-0 yesterday their third just behind us. It's a team that is evolving, looking for silverware themselves. Um, how, how do you think Sunday's going to go, Ben, against Leicester? Oh, we'll win that one. No doubt about that. <clears throat> now now we're talking. And I think um, I think Greenwood and, and Cavani will rinse that Wesley Fofana. Cue <laughs> <laughs> man of the match performance for, uh, for him Fofana. now. <laughs> you know I call him I call him every time <laughs> maybe we can rely on a Johnny Evans on goal to help us out do you know what the headlines are getting about the West Ham game that you know especially from the Guardian that fucking rag talks about you know an own goal saw United through it's like no no a, a, a dogmatic performance saw United through um, I don't read any of that nonsense yeah well, I, I, I think that's a lot I think Leicester will be a tough, it'll be a hard game. It'll be, you know, it, it, they're, they're a good side. They, they, I watched them, I watched their highlights yesterday. I mean, they, Sheffield United contributed greatly to their, to their own doubtful in that 5-0. But, you know, there's no doubt about it. When 
Jamie Vardy, whatever you want. <laughs> I mean, that guy has is is still he's still got it, and he's kind of got a little bit of a thing with us. We've had a few incidents where he's got one over on us. Um, I think he scored that that record goal, you know, that against came against us, if I remember. So you can never be too complacent when when he's playing. Uh, I, 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 I tough one to call that one. Tough one to call. I think it's going to be. I think it should hopefully be an entertaining game. Well, I'm getting a sense we're a little bit more concerned with Thursday getting through, but we're confident about Sunday. It's a big week ahead. This is what we've worked and talked about and watched. Um, also very much over the last few months to get to these moments. Ollie has definitely shown progress with last year's team. You know, in terms of he's been probably, he's been the best manager we've had, you know, since Ferguson left. His record says that. You think about David Moyes. David Moyes, you know, still has only seven wins at Old Trafford in his whole career, including as United manager. It's, I mean, it's... <laughs> what, it's, it's true. <laughs> it's what you're saying there, um, uh, Chris is is interesting because I think I, I, I mentioned earlier that the we've got the break coming up, so I think from a from a from a psychological perspective, winning these two games and then kind of getting the the players getting their heads away from the from the the the, the two week you know the double week in week out of United coming back it's going to be a little bit warmer you know shirt sleeves are on it psychologically, you know, we'd be in the semi of the FA Cup and the, the, the quarters, is that right, of the, That's of right. the Europa League? That's right. It's going to be a real, like, and it's like it's the, the end is in sight of the season. So I think it's two, if we get through these two games, it's it's going to be a real, you know, really exciting end to the season. I think that's what we're saying. We need one final push this yeah. week just to give us the end of the season momentum that I think that exactly. the players deserve and we deserve as fans to watch to get a bit of silverware. Because I think not, we all want Oli to succeed. You know, we I think we, a lot of us understand the limitations he's been placed under. But he's exceeded expectations and we deserve more credit than he gets, I think. He's more than a PE teacher. Let's watch and just get behind the boys this week. Ben, Dan, as always, a wonderful pleasure. <laughs> a, a lovely way to spend. Uh, this short period of time in our lives together talking with you two <laughs> all things Man United so thank you for that well thank you Chris for, for hosting this this show saves us doing it <laughs> <laughs> well that's an endorsement if ever I've heard one um, <laughs> let's enjoy the games this week and remember this is the Man United Redcast come on you Reds this is a playback media production Get all the associated links for this podcast at unitedredcast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.